0: this is the real magic podcast learn about great design and use it to get great results now your hosts greg merrilies and alan nunez Hello listener and thank you for joining Alan and I today for the Real Magic Design podcast where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design and here's my co-host from pixelpartnershq.com. Alan Nunez, how are you dude? I am fantabulous.
1: Fantabulous. (laughs) Awesome man. Well let's keep the energy flowing and tell me what you've been up to. Mate, it is summer holidays here in Australia and I've been spending a bit of time with the kids and I'm just, you know, I'm blown away that, you know, some things have changed so much since I was a kid. And, and to me, it's part of design and branding, you know. So one of our local councils here has built this park that is just, you know, when you and I were young, Greg, what did we have? We had a metal swing set. Mm-hmm. Slide, burns you a slide that would burn you exactly that would just go straight and a, a seesaw. Yeah. And dangerous monkey bars. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. So, but this thing is, you know, it's four or five times my block of land that I live on. So it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, you know, slides that you would expect to see at theme parks. It has flying foxes. It has, it has everything you can imagine. Look, Google it, Strathfield Park, if anybody's interested. It's just, it is mind-blowing, right? And then on top of that, we went to Kingpin Bowling, right? Now, that's Kingpin Bowling, not, you know, Kingpin like the Mafia. And it's a rebrand of an old, outdated bowling alley company who's just done a phenomenal job of turning this into, you know, a fun family activity and they had made this transition halfway within their existing brand of AMF, right? But there was still a lot of old school in that brand. So what they've done is they've just, they've dumped the whole old brand and revived the new one. And when I say brand, I'm not just talking about their logo, which is kind of cool, it's simple and and funky, Mm -hmm. but everything about the way they've designed it, they've opened it up, made it more lively, and let me tell you from my experience, and I don't know if it's just that one location, but the staff carry the brand. You know, it's all about the family. It's all about an easy experience. You know, the people were pleasant. They were happy. You know, we had some issues with the little game card in the, you know, where you, you win tokens on those sort of carnival games. And they just, they were happy just to throw more credit on. It was just, it was a phenomenal experience experience yeah i thought you were gonna say that yeah there you go it's like the uh, disney hotel you stayed at and talked about and raved about look it's it's about living the brand you know it's one thing to rebrand visually it's another thing to actually carry that through every aspect of your business model so i thought it was really impressive
0: it is yeah and look school holidays so yeah we're spending a lot of time doing things like that as well with our daughter and yes yeah, there's this place called rush hq it's like bounce you know but they have extra things in there like rock climbing and And, you know, some crazy sort of abseile kind of course. But, um, yeah, I just love the effort they put into creating those experiences for kids. And they're always in a a safe environment. There's a lot of staff around and they're indoors, so they're weatherproof. And, yeah, it's a
1: whole different world for kids these days. And, And I think this is the thing, right? Like, there's a lot of those, you know, kids experience things at the moment. It's sort of very, very trendy. They're tapping into the family market. But from my point of view, going to these things... One thing is they build it well. The other thing is they execute it at a superb level where you leave there going, wow, I really have to come back here as a parent, right? The kids are going to love it, but there's more to that. It's the parent that pays the bill. It's the parent that's got to get in the car and drive them to the location and sit through that experience. So I think living the brand, I think, is really important. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. And I've actually, like just last week, I
0: took Charlotte to one of these places and They've got free Wi-Fi. So I just took my MacBook and I just worked
1: from there for an hour, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and it's, mm. it, it is those little things that make a difference. So yeah. I, I, did, I actually did one of those recently and I was sitting there working on my laptop. And, you know, even though they're prior, they had this little cafe area that was pretty much unmanned because all the parents were inside the area, and you couldn't take hot drinks in. But, you know, they looked over their shoulder, they saw I was sitting there with a laptop, and instead of just going and standing at the counter, they came up to me and said, would you like a cup of coffee? You know, those little things make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not hard, is it? But a lot of businesses get it wrong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of, you know, good experiences, this kind of ties in being helpful. Our topic today. It is, yeah. How to create helpful
0: design. So, what is helpful design? Really, like the purpose of this episode is to get you thinking about how you can better serve your customer, okay? So, helpful design isn't just a pretty thing to look at, like a website or a product or whatever, but it essentially needs to make the life easier of the you know the person whose problem you're solving right and so if you think about the fact that you know we've been on this planet for a relatively short amount of time of around 200,000 years and only 6,000 years in civilizations right and earth is what 4.5 billion years old Al roughly (laughs) I'll take your word for it there you go so you know modern homo sapiens have dreamed up and created some amazing things from making the first shaped sharp edge tool out of a rock to solving other problems like moving from a to be i.e. the wheel or communication with the telephone or quicker transportation with you know the combustion engine you know so you can see in the dark flick a switch and there's you know the light bulb to connect us around the world instantly with the internet right so those things are incredibly helpful and i'm sure the you know creators of all those things made a
1: fortune in in the meantime yeah so so i mean the example you you gave was sort of high-level solving a problem by creating a product that can solve that problem, right? Yeah. And what what I want to connect the average business owner to is that there is so much opportunity to do that in the way you design all the elements of your business. And it may not be as groundbreaking as inventing the light bulb. No. But you could be the one business in your industry that supplies that one thing that makes a huge difference in the way your consumer interacts with your product or your service
0: experiences your brand exactly exactly yeah so yeah really and it's we're not just talking about products we are talking about design we'll go through a lot of different examples and ways that you can be helpful you know to to your customer using design as a medium for that all right so But, yeah, it is important because you really want to help your users get, you know, like a faster result in an easier way so
1: that they enjoy the experience instead of getting frustrated with your brand. Look, absolutely. I mean, you can think about this. If you think about how often you buy a product or you interact with a service and you come out feeling either neutral or deflated, you know, Mm. you'll probably find that that is well over 50% of most consumer experiences. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I think that's the case. I'm not just saying disappointed, I'm just saying, you know, flat, neutral, you know, I don't feel great about it, I don't feel bad about it, it just is what it is. But by adding a few little things, and you know, the classic example, right, and I know we always use Apple as an example, but you know, they spend as much time and effort designing their packaging as they do designing the product, or well, maybe not yeah. as much. But they do put a huge effort into it so that little things like opening the box is easy. You know, taking your product out of the box is easy. And yeah. not only is it easy, but it looks great and it feels great during that process. And it gets fanboys like you talking about it. Well, yeah. Look, and I mean, this is – but it's not exclusive to, to Apple. I mean, I, I have a habit of collecting, you know, really clever – you know, packaging design, because if it's designed well, it just polishes off the whole brand experience as far as a user goes and it's uh, i think it's not just packaging too i mean it's services you know when when a business does something to surprise you most definitely yeah
0: it's like you know you could just add an app to your business right and then basically people have got access to you in their pocket in their mobile phone so if you think about you know bigger case studies like uber or airbnb and all those type of things they're really just taking that experience to be more helpful you know one step further by putting in, in an app so and apps don't need to be that expensive you know in fact, we might get uh, Jared Robinson on this show soon to talk about creating apps at a really economical level where he pretty much starts with a template and then he'll customize it to suit your business but yeah, it's something that you know i'm considering as well I think having an app in your business is extremely
1: helpful for for your customers I'm going to sort of play devil's advocate here because I think that There's lots of great ideas that people are doing like having apps that can be helpful, but they can also be badly executed and really annoying. So I think what you've got to do is ask yourself the question, how am I being helpful by creating an app? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, and you look at you look at certain things like follow-up phone calls, right? So there was this big trend over the last sort of 15 years where it's follow-up emails, not follow-up phone calls. And then there's been this big jump up and down of, oh, well, we need more personal, inter- personal interaction. So they're paying call centres to do follow-up calls and customer satisfaction calls. Now, it's the company, I think, Template Monster. They do this, but they don't take into consideration the time zone that you're in. So I get phone calls at 11 p.m. at night, saying i just want to see if your experience with was good with us which you know that's not helpful you know if if you're going to ask for somebody's email that's you know, that type of thing has the industry's been killed so that kingpin bowling they asked well can i send you can i get your email so i can send you notification of your booking right mm-hmm. now that is really helpful but we rejected that offer because everybody else spams us
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah.
1: So think about being helpful. Look, let's, why don't we break this down into some more practical ideas online and offline. I mean, we've talked before about user interface and user experience. What are some things that people can do on their website, for example, that might be helpful to the consumer? Yeah, like little things like releasing,
0: you know, con- educational content in the form of an infographic, right? So you're still using design to deliver that medium, but it's really going to be designed in a a way that is visually appealing and gets your message across because, you know, I mean, sure, blog posts are really powerful as well. Like, you know, having a million words on a, on a page, but really, if you can present it in a visually you know, easy to consume way, you know, I think you're going to go, you're going to get a better result if you do that as well as the text. So yeah, infographics are something that you should consider.
1: And if you want to look at that as being mainstream, you look at a lot of the high-end news publications now, they're doing infographics and graphs and visual, not just you know, traditional newspaper was a photo and a lot of words, right? They're mm. adding it through their online experience. So as they speak about something, then they have an infographic, and they speak about it and they have an in- infographic, and the infographic is helpful. It helps you tie in the information that you're reading. Look, I'm a big fan of you know downloadable assets, right? Like yeah, you know downloadable how tos, downloadable. Uh, instruction manuals. Now, they, these could be PDFs. They could be videos. I mean, maybe the videos don't need to be downloadable, but so many businesses just don't put the extra thought into, well, my customer's purchased my service or my product. Now what for the customer? You know, they think, oh, my, my job is done. They've bought it. That's yeah, really good point. Yeah. So we have designer on tap and for those clients, we
0: just have a, on our thank you page, you know, a a video thanking them, et cetera. And then we have like all of the individual design questionnaires that they can just download, which, you know, whenever they need to. So, you know, the beauty of having those questionnaires is to make the briefing process easier for them. So they don't have to think about how to brief us. They've just got all the questions there that they just have to answer and that forms a brief. So yeah, it's really helpful.
1: Yeah. And, you know, put a little bit of design effort into your documents that you might be giving people that are helpful. So ordering documents, you can have nicely designed PDFs with fields that can be filled in online and then emailed or printed right Mm -hmm. instead of oh look they've given me a form it's in a word document or it's a locked pdf with no fields now i've got to print it now i've got to write on it now i've got to scan it then i've got to find the scan in my server drive and attach it to an email can you see how you know just with a little bit of thought you could make the whole process a little bit easier for the customer
0: yeah really good point yeah and we do have a checklist that, that people can print but also you can do an online version so we're given the option
1: yeah, and then, you know, talking about how-tos and instructions, right? So if you're a, pro- let's say you're a product-based company, you sell products, why not make a really beautiful, graphically elegant instruction booklet, right? Now, gone are the days where you necessarily have to print these instruction booklets en masse to give out to to customers, right? Now, I think it would be good practice if it's economical for you to print it and put it in the box, but you could have it as a PDF online and then you could take all those elements and rework them into, you know, a video, of of possibly animated, and these things become really, really helpful to your customers. Exactly, yeah.
0: And, look, most of those instructions in those little, you know, like IKEA furniture and things like that that you get, they're not that clear to, and easy to understand. So if you had a supporting video, that would
1: just be gold. Oh, absolutely. And please, you know, like, make make your instruction manuals so a five-year-old can follow or Maybe not a five-year-old, a 10-year-old could follow them. You know, yeah. we do, at Pixel Partners, we do huge volumes of instruction manuals. You know, we we do a lot of stuff for Amazon, Greg, and it blows me away when we get a product that's that, to be photographed for the, the Amazon image stack and then we turn it in, you know, we add sort of call-outs and graphics and then we create the enhanced brand content page. Mm-hmm. We get that product early in the process and the instructions are a scrappy little piece of paper that are... You know possibly written in Chinglish, so they they don't read very well. Yeah. they're often incorrect, like blatantly incorrect. they have they've been taken from copied and pasted from some other product that's similar. All that does is firstly create bad reviews because you could have a great product, but if it arrives and it's a really difficult to set up and use, you know your your customer's going to be disappointed. exactly. Yeah, it creates returns, you know. People are less likely to return something in retail because it's an effort for them to get in the car and drive back. But with e-commerce and Amazon, most e-commerce stores make it really easy to return product. It's part of their value guarantee. Mm. So, you know, we are redesigning so many instruction manuals and sometimes it's as simple as two, three, four, five really good quality illustrations or a handful of good quality photos and some nice descriptive text laid out in a little booklet format that is broken down easily into steps. I mean, that's not rocket science, is it?
0: No, it's not. That's just a really good tip, you know. If you want to reduce, you know, returns, then have better instructions. It's pretty simple.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm one of these persons, one of these persons, people, who read instructions. Every box that comes, I read the instructions. And I find it infuriating <laughs> some of them are so bad. They are, aren't they. Yeah. What else? What other kinds of things, you know, can be really helpful in design? Yeah, well, I mean, as far as, you know,
0: just providing educational content, like it could be in the form of a blog, right? So I'm not saying you just have to do infographics, but you know, think about the the blog itself. Like you might have it laid out in a way that has beautiful design and images throughout it, you know, not just text, for instance, but you know, just having a blog itself can be extremely helpful. And it can also help you rank well in Google, of course, but I don't think a lot of clients are blogging as much as they could because it's a lot of work. But, you know, it is a really good way of attracting new clients to be as helpful as possible and give away your best stuff in your
1: blog. Look, I think blog is a word that a lot of business owners maybe get a bit scared of, right like maybe they're not good at writing or they don't know where to start think of it this way right think of something that is helpful to your consumer and then introduce it to the consumer in whatever format that might be right yeah. so it could be a little face to camera video it could be a powerpoint slide deck that you talk over the top of it could be a written blog it could be an infographic you know any any media it doesn't really matter now whatever media you start with just repurpose it. Repurpose it as a written blog, you know. So if you start with an infographic, turn it into a written blog. Then take your infographic, break it down into PowerPoint slide, and you know, do a, pay somebody on Fiverr to do a voiceover over the video, right? So now you have an infographic, a blog post, and a video, right? Then you can turn it into something on Pinterest. You can add it to Instagram. You can put it on your Facebook. You know, the the leverage of being helpful is huge, right? Mm. But the key is these things have to be helpful, not salesy. Exactly, yeah. However, if you think about,
0: I mean, you can also turn it into like an ad, right? If you think about infomercials and advertorials, they all kind of started back in the David Ogilvy days. We're talking... You know back in the 1920s or something like that. And what he did was he used helpful design in his ad. So it was kind of like the very early days of blogging, right? So he would have images and text that educated the person. They might be selling an oven and they'll they'll teach them you know, how to bake a cake or something in that oven and show them exactly how to use the oven and, and what ingredients to use in the cake and just take it really far into, you know, showing them the benefits of what they can get out of the oven. And, you know, he's had, he's had huge success with that style of, you know, advertorials over the last 50 years or something like that. So, yeah, it's once again just being as helpful as possible
1: even in your advertising. Look, absolutely. I had a client who targeted automotive mechanics, right and no matter what they did pounding the pavement ringing them up sending them emails you know going and visiting them, they couldn't sell their product right or they mm-hmm. could but not on any great volume right so instead of investing all that time effort and money into that they said well how could we help these mechanics now one thing's mechanics have to do automotive mechanics have to do is they have to stay on top of industry trends and industry news so there are a lot of organizations that do free training for the mechanics, so they know what the next you know. But you you may be used to servicing a traditional petrol motor. Now you have to deal with hybrids, right? Mm, yeah. So this company did a roadshow and started going around the country uh, doing training events on how to how to use and install these particular products, which was in a in a growing market. And instead of having to go to a hundred different mechanics and get rejected, they all of a sudden had a hundred mechanics coming to them wanting to know about this because the event was zero sell there was no sell in the event at all it was all about education but by the end of the education those people were asking more about the products and they were using the products and buying them
0: perfect yeah which makes me think of webinars you know extremely good way to be as helpful as possible where you're just releasing you know content that's educational but at the same time you're building that trust so that you know if they do want to take action then uh, at the end of the webinar they're more likely because you've been so helpful
1: yeah so here's another tip for helpful design we've talked about things like infographics instruction manuals you know i think two two other key elements if you're trying to be helpful is firstly clarity in your photography right so you know a lot of people use stock images on their website if you're a service-based business why not just take the time clean up your office make it look nice and get a photographer in right so clarity of imagery that actually is your business i think is super important right Mm, i couldn't agree more and make sure people know that this is actually you you know have a photo of your team sitting there and then have profile photos or something like that so people know who they are if you're again if you're a product-based business really, really good quality photos, you know, show your product individually, show the features of the product, show the product in use, you know, those things are super helpful. Now they're kind of salesy, but salesy is just one product photo. Helpful is a series of product photos, which allows the customer to really understand the the product
0: couldn't agree more and it's proven that on e-commerce websites the more photos you have that are helpful exactly like what you're talking about then the higher the conversions
1: oh absolutely i mean one of the one of our core things that we do right now is what we call an e-commerce or amazon image stack so we get the product we photograph it and then we create eight images that highlight the features and benefits of the product. So this was gonna be my other thing with the imagery is tying graphical elements, right? It is a lot easier today than it's ever been in history to add text, call-outs, arrows, infographic-style elements to a photo. So don't just have a photo showing that it's battery-operated and has power, but actually have a little call-out to show that exact element so so that the consumer doesn't miss it.
0: Mm, Excellent advice, man, yeah. And look, the end
1: result is you're helpful, and the more helpful you are, the more sales you get. Absolutely. So, So, you know, a good example is, Our our image stack will start with a hero image of the actual product or the contents of the box, let's say, right? A hero image of the front and the back of the box. And I know sometimes people go, but what do people wanna see the box? People are still connected to retail where they're looking used to looking at boxes right so they want to see what they're going to receive Mm -hmm. then we will have two to three slides showing the features or benefits now i prefer the benefits but some companies can't quite get past the features right and then we will have a couple of in situ photos so the product in use with the target demographic, showing, you know, if it's a, a car seat cover, we'll show it in the car. If it's a if it's a hat, it'll be the lady wearing the hat. So, you know, uh, you can tie in beautiful photography with call-outs and texts and come up with something superb. Love
0: that, yeah. And you'd probably reduce the amount of questions, support questions that you get as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things we ask is, you know, do you have a frequently asked question that you're always answering about uh, this product? Smart. Yeah. So we had one particular product that was a uh, a, tra- a men's travel vanity kit. Is that what you call it? Where you you pack all your toothpaste and toothbrushes and and cologne and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Now it was designed to be small, and the problem that they were having was people were they couldn't get the scale of the of the product. So we just created a series of three images which showed the product in comparison. And it was actually designed to carry travel items, like a travel toothpaste, not a, not a full-size toothpaste. But what happened was they reduced the number of questions they were answering and they reduced the number of returns they were getting that is awesome
0: yeah love it and if you think like it's a good place to start actually if you're thinking about creating some sort of product survey your customers first and ask them like you've just probably got in all of your uh, questionnaires before you do the photo shoot ask those type of questions like what are your biggest problems and things around that then you can actually create products based on the answers to those questions and if you think about kickstarter That is full of products that have been created that way. And not only, you know, the beauty of using Kickstarter of, you know, creating products based on what your audience wants, you also get your audience to help fund the product. So you're not out of pocket and you're creating helpful solutions for
1: your market. Nice. You know, it's interesting. Like if you ask, this is sort of a side tangent to you asking the questions, you could also... See what bigger concerns or questions people have than just your industry. So a great example is people are worried about the environment. They're worried about sustainable packaging and products and things like that, right? Helpful packaging, right? Mm -hmm. And helpful packaging could be packaging that can be continually used to store your product, right? So if the product requires storage, then make it sensible. So, you know, one of the things I find frustrating is my wife has a um, mix master. What are they called? A multi-cut... For the, one of those kitchen blender things. Yes, one of yeah, those yeah. kitchen blender things, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. They could quite easily have made the packaging small or, or, or have something within the packaging that allows you to restack it back in and put it in the cupboard. But instead... Mm-hmm. There's loose pieces flying everywhere, you know. One of my favourites of helpful packaging is, do you remember the old Vegemite jars that were a glass? Yeah. Yeah, like to me, that is awesome. If you're a family with kids, you break glasses. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, you just use the Vegemite glass. (laughs) So every time the Vegemite's finished, you have another glass in, in your collection. To me, that's helpful packaging. And why did they stop that? Probably too expensive. Oh, uh, probably because plastic was cheaper.
0: Yeah, exactly. It sucks, doesn't it? When they really should think about the the value
1: of, you know, the brand by providing that helpful glass, I would have kept it. Well, it's actually, yeah, there's a, there's an interesting thing behind glass and recycling glass at the moment, but that, maybe that's for another episode. <laughs> There's a huge surplus of recycled glass in Australia because it's cheaper to buy new plastic or new glass from oh, overseas. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, another episode. Cool, man. Definitely. All right, what, I mean, what else? Can you think of any examples of helpful packaging? Packaging, I just
0: refer to Apple every time they get it so right. But, um, you know, packaging itself is an art form. And, you know, these days, if you are going to, you know, provide a product, I would hire a packaging expert, because I think that is so important to get the packaging right. I can't think of any off the top of my head other than Apple.
1: But also, I guess, be willing to invest that little bit extra in your packaging. A lot of people sort of think, oh, well, the packaging is going to be thrown away. But it doesn't have to be thrown away. No. And even if it is thrown away, the value of being able to easily take your product out without damaging it and potentially being able to reuse that packaging on a regular basis, I I think is... You know, there's a lot more value in your sales than most people realize. Yeah, but not only to make it helpful,
0: but to sell, if you want to sell your product, like we we put a lot of things on eBay after our daughter's finished with them, you know, toys and phones or whatever, not phones, but at least an iPod. So we keep the packaging of absolutely everything because we know she's only going to use it for a year or two, then we're going to sell it. And if you sell it in the packaging, it's worth more. Oh, no, you're one of those.
1: Yeah, well, my wife is, and it works. <laughs> <laughs> now, my packaging goes straight in the rubbish unless it's reusable, and I really, really love when I get something that uh, is either innovative or, you know, enables me to to use the packaging with my product.
0: Yeah, and also, you're into packaging. Like, that's part of your business, so it's another reason to study it. True. I, I am a bit of a nerd when it comes to packaging.
1: <laughs> cool, man. All right, you got any other tips? Look, I think... My last tip about being helpful is, you know, really simplify what you're doing. You know, an example of that online is often as a business, we want to show off. We want to show everybody everything that we are and have done, but use things like heat mapping to see what people actually want to see and then just get rid of the clutter, you know, Mm -hmm. making the user experience really really easy i think is is exceptional you know if you are a service business make it e- easy for people to either get in contact with you and or you know, book a time to talk to you you know so you and i greg we work across time zones so we use schedule once so instead of having to send five or six emails back and forwards to try and book a time we've made it easy we're being helpful to to our customers and we've got have you got a nicely designed Landing page for your schedule once?
0: No, I don't, man. No, I, I just don't see that as important. But uh, you know, it's not a bad idea. But yeah, they've upgraded their inter- their interface, and it looks pretty
1: sexy these days. It is pretty nice. They, they've actually done. They've actually introduced a lot of things that I have had on my landing page. Although my landing page is pr- pretty simple, you know. Yeah, yeah. To just you yeah, know think about that sort of stuff, set and promote. Your service your your customer service regime. so you know there's I can't remember the name of the company, but there's a company where when you contact them either by phone and leaving a message or by email, they give you a guarantee that somebody will get back to you within four hours and they always deliver on that no matter what. yeah, that's awesome. Cool, man. All right.
0: Well, that's, that's probably a wrap, Al, unless you want to keep, keep going there, buddy. You got a few things under your... Uh...
1: No, I think we've got it. We've done it. <laughs> Excellent. Was that helpful, listener?
0: Yeah. And I would just give one final tip, and that is you know, hire Al if you want professional <laughs> uh, photography and illustrations and things like that, because you will get a better result if you invest in that helpful illustration and photography
1: you know what greg it's actually a much much smaller investment in comparison to the return than yeah. most people think you know yeah. so That's thanks for that that was a bit of a love fest <laughs> oh good buddy all right well, we'll leave it
0: there and yeah we'll catch you next time on the real magic if you have any questions head over to therealmagic.com and we can continue the conversation on the blog underneath the uh, podcast episodes
1: thanks listener thanks greg see you on the next episode cheers Thanks for listening
0: to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.